Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, we've hit the third and final hour here on this Monday morning. It is Taz and the Moose with you on CBS Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Pete and Mike across the way, bogus. Your updates, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention, hotline fans. Your number to call as we take you right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. We've hit the third and final hour. Let's get to it. Here's the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Raiders GM addresses the media regarding Antonio Brown. Yeah, let's hear from him. Here's Mike Mayock, uh, the Raiders general manager. Take a listen. So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, We have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay, but we've, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or all out. So we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story. No questions. Well, there you go. Uh, end of story. No questions for the Raiders general managers. They wrapped up training camp in Napa uh, 24 days. Antonio Brown was barely there. Um, and and Taz, the, uh, his disgust or dismay with the National Football League over a helmet issue uh, does continue. He wants to wear his old helmet. Uh, the players knew those old helmets were going to go by the wayside this season. He still wants to play with his old helmet. Right. That's not going to be the case. He's got to get over it. Uh, and Mike Mayock has basically had enough with it. Yeah, Mike Mayock uh, drew the line in the sand. I mean, uh, to use that, you know, cliche. And you can't blame him at the GM. You can't blame him at all. Gruden definitely upset, too. You could tell towards the end of the last episode of Hard Knocks I saw last week. I think it was week two or three. I can't recall. But you saw Gruden was talking to the media in the Hard Knocks episode, basically saying, Moose, Look, I got plays drawn up for Antonio Brown. I'm, I, we can't wait for him to be here. We're, we're fired up, he, but he's got to be here. You know, we can't run these plays if he's not here. So they're customizing their offense to a degree for him. Uh, Carr really wants him there. Um, his teammates seem like they want him. The little bit he's been there, and a little bit you see with him in camp at Hard Knocks, seems like he gets along great with all the players. He seems good, but he dips in and out. He's there, and then he flies back to Miami to his, his mansion. You know, like, it's like, well, I, I can't use my 2011 shut air advantage helmet. Well, now I'm going to head back to Miami and swim my pool in my backyard until, you know, whatever. I, like I said earlier, I think that's a stall tactic. I think his feet still aren't 100%, and he's stalling. Uh, you kind of said earlier that you feel like, well, maybe it's a case where he don't want to put the work in during camp like a lot of veterans. I think it could be that also. So, 
who knows what the truth is? Yeah, you, you don't know exactly what the truth is here, though. But, I mean, for those players, I'm sure they're tired of hearing about it. Mayock clearly showed his frustration yesterday, Taz. And um, Antonio Brown, the nonsense does just continue. Um, and this is, you know, you, you have to respect the talent. It shows you how much talent does play in the National Football League, number one, of what teams are willing to put up with when you're a talented player, as Antonio Brown is. Uh, but, uh, Taz, he's been nothing but a headache here. Um, and for the Raiders, year two here of John Gruden, year one with Mayock as general manager, uh, you wanted to try and have a clean training camp where guys are focused, where you're thinking about football. Right. They made it perfectly clear at the NFL draft. <clears throat> we want guys that live, eat, and breathe football day in and day out. That's you know that 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 have that hunger and have that drive. Meanwhile, one of their best players has been, you know, put the fit foot issue aside. He, he's been talking about not playing football over a helmet. I know. And look, man, they got a good team, okay? They, 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 could, they could be a pretty good team. I mean, they really can. I mean, they got a good young running back and Josh Jacobs, right? It's a good player. He, he's slated to be maybe potentially be a, a guy who gets, if not the starter, a, a plethora of touches. You know, they upgraded their offensive line with Ed and Richie Incognito. I understand he's a headache. I got him. He's a hell of a guard. They got a tremendous wide receiver who's was at out of Clemson, Hunter Renfro. Feel I feel like has uh, played six years at, at Clemson. Every big game you see Hunter Renfro, you know, and making catches. This kid is a tremendous player on the Raiders. A hell of a wide receiver. You know, they got a really good defense. Another guy from Clemson, uh, Pharrell. Another really good defensive end there. Um, they got Burfick, the middle linebacker. They got they got they got Carl Joseph at, at safety. They got a lot of good players. They got this young kid, Jonathan Abraham. Uh, Abram, I should say, who's, who's probably going to be the starter at safe, one of the starters at one of those safety spots, who's a tremendous player. Ballhawk City. I mean, tremendous player, I think, out of Texas A&M. Point is, Moose, they got a good team here. They do. They got a good team, and, and they look pretty good in their last preseason game. So, you know, Antonio Brown is that last cog that they probably need to show up, get out there, and do his thing, man. And and they could win a bunch of football games. I really think that could happen for Oakland. Yeah, and, and I'll disagree. I think you'll, I, I'd be stunned if he's not back. Uh, and play for the Raiders week one against the Denver Broncos. I'd be stunned. Yeah, me too. I, I was saying earlier, I, w- I agree with you. I'd be stunned too. I think he'll be at camp today. I, and I, I practice today. They're back in Oakland. They're out of Napa Valley, as we talked about earlier. So I think he's back because he, that message was sent directly right to the middle of his eyes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> By the, his boss. So I think he'll be, he'll be there ready to go, locked and loaded. All right, let's head down to uh, Dow. Story two. Number two. Jerry Jones says, Zeke who? Let's hear wow. from the Cowboys owner when asked about his running back situation down at Big D. Take a listen. Is Pollard your best negotiator with Zeke? Who? Pollard. Zeke look? who? He's got That was fun. That is great. That is good. Oh, my God. That cackle is tremendous. Jerry Jones. The cackle of a billionaire owner. Exactly. That is from the Cowboys owner. Uh, and you can take it if you're Elliot one of two ways. You can joke around and laugh about it, or you can get a little angry and ticked off about the Cowboys owner doing that. There's no doubt. I mean, they were talking Pollard up before he is impressed when you've yeah. seen him run behind that offensive line. 
And they might think that that's going to lead to ultimate regular season success here, Taz. Uh, but they also could be fooling themselves, too. Could be, man. Listen, yeah, he's a good player and all that out of Memphis, no doubt about it. But, you know, it's a different story when, you know, it's the regular season, like you were saying earlier. You get a guy like Zeke, you know, he is a tremendous running back and, and makes that, that offense is built for him and around him. Dak Prescott's success is because of Zeke. Let's be honest. It's, uh, that's how I feel. So, you know, I do think they got to they gotta try and hopefully work something out here. Hopefully, uh, Elliot gets his butt back uh, with a star on the side of his head and wearing that helmet. I don't know, man. I got a feeling this might take a while here. So yeah, they, they yeah. better embrace Pollard or, or Darius Jackson. And But they could be. And, Taz, they might, it's going to be the ultimate litmus test about the importance of the running back. Right. Or especially right. Elliot down in Dallas. Because it could add to his value. Or it could take away it's the ultimate gamble, right? So if Pollard is is really successful, the Cowboys are going to say, "Why do we need to pay Ezekiel Elliott that kind of money? Right, We've got right. a guy that could step in at a quarter of the price and be just as productive and help out our offense and help out Dak Prescott and and uh, help out our defense. We don't need to pay Elliott the money that he's looking for." Or Pollard and Jacks could go in there, fail miserably, and all of a sudden the Cowboys come in and it's even more leveraged Elliott, and uh, and he could get paid the, the the exact contract that he's looking for, the extension. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know how it's going to play out. I know you and I had a good conversation earlier about the running back position in yeah. the NFL and how things are changing. So if you want to check some of that out, check out the podcast, uh, Taz and the Moose. It drops free every single day. Get that at Apple Podcasts. Or Spotify, uh, or uh, wherever you get your podcast. So radio.com is a great spot. Uh, radio.com app or the website. So you can pull our show in. You know, we do a three-hour show every day, so it's tough for you guys to hear every single second. We're live three hours. So uh, you, if you catch up on stuff like that on our podcast, because we do talk a lot about that running back spot that we did earlier. We do. Um, and we did. Uh, and yeah. check out that podcast. All right, number three. Number three. Braves Acuna benched for not hustling. Uh, yeah, you, you like to see this. Uh, let's hear from Brian Snitker, uh, the Braves manager, uh, why he pulled his star outfielder. Take a listen. It's not going to be acceptable here. I mean, there's as a teammate, you're responsible for 24 other guys. And that, that name on the front is a lot more important than the name on the back of that jersey. And, and um, you just you can't do that. We're trying to accomplish something and do something special here. And personal things got to be put in the back burner. You know, you, you just you can't let your team down like that. Yeah, whenever I think of that line, I think uh, the movie uh, Miracle. Yeah. Uh, Herb Brooks, you know, the, yeah, the name the on the front game, yeah. is a hell of a lot worth the, a hell of a lot more than that name on the name back. The back yeah. Right, That's when they're true. in Norway again, when he's having them skate <laughs> yeah, up and yeah, down the ice. That. Remember yep, that yep. scene? Uh, so Acuna yesterday was removed um, against the Dodgers after he stood at the plate admiring a long five ball that did not leave the park. Um, he was pulled before the fifth inning after he failed to run out a drive uh, off the right field wall in the third. The ball bounced off the wall for a long single. Um, so there you have it. So Acuna not hustling. I think the right message from the Braves manager, he's a really talented player and he's a really good kid. And uh, But what you don't want to have happen here, Taz, is you, want, you don't want to have bad habits set in. Um, and I think that's what the, the Braves manager is doing. I think he feels like he can do it to the player, that the player will respond. Right. Uh, he was a hell of a prospect. He was a great international signing by the Atlanta Braves. 
He's lived up to all the, the billing. He's a young superstar player that's going to be a star for the Braves for the next decade. He's that good of a player. Uh, but I think it's the right message by the Braves manager. Absolutely. He set the tone. Schnitka set the tone for sure with one of their stars, a young guy. Basically, you're telling your, your, your clubhouse this is not going to happen. So don't try. Don't get lazy. Don't get complacent. You know, don't go into a home run shot. Don't come to a home, a home run trot when, you know, you're halfway down heading towards first base and then the ball don't go over the fence, over the wall, and now you end up on first base when at the very least you should be at second base. That's what happened. The kid yeah. should have been at second base. It's just he, you know, being young and, and I guess, you know, feeling like the ball is going to sail over the, over the, over the, you know, over the wall and it's going to be a home run, big Dinger Jones, and it didn't happen. You know, so next thing you know, he ends up on first and then he gets – Benched and all this stuff, and now we're talking about it. And you know, I mean, I don't think he'll make the mistake again, Acuna. And no. Acuna, and also he did. He, he, when they interviewed him, he said he knew he was wrong. He admitted yeah, it. through yeah. a translator. He said there was no excuse, right, uh, right. for the base running mistake. Said obviously wasn't thinking, and that was the action I took. It it never happened before. So he gets it. I mean, listen to his stats. I mean, he's hitting two ninety six this year, thirty five home runs, eighty five RBI. He's got 29 stolen bases and 104 runs scored. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that can do basically everything. When they talk about five-tool players in Major League Baseball, you think of Mike Trout and you think about Ronald Acuna Jr. 21 years old. 21 years old. I wish he wasn't in the NL East. I know. I know. And your Mets are right there, Taz. They're doing good. They're playing good right now. It's okay. We just took out uh, KC. And come the Cleveland Indians. Yes. I'm just the whole interleague play, like the American League National League thing. I hate it, though. I do hate it. The Mets have been successful in interleague. They have. They have been. No, you're right. They They have been. They've done a nice job in it. Just goes to show most teams in the American League aren't very good. Uh, that's true. You're right about that. It's a weak, weak league. Yes, Mr. Senior Circuit that you are. Be careful what you wish for. That's exactly right. Yes. No, yeah. they're playing good. They're playing they good. They are. Right they now. are. Yeah. They're back in it. Yeah, yeah. Alonzo just, I, I tweeted this. got 40 home runs. Yeah, he got 40 runs first time ever for a Met rookie or something like that. Uh, for Listen, here's the thing with Alonzo, though. I, I tweeted this the other day. Every time this kid's playing first base, it's an adventure. You just don't know what's going to happen. He'll make not a, a great defense. Sometimes he'll make a really good play, That's and then true. and then, dude, I don't know. I'm sure you didn't see it. It was like Friday night. You were probably on some beach in the Grand Cayman Islands, sitting there with a mai tai. You know, uh, no, not a mai tai, yeah. but yes. Right, yeah. so, uh, I w- no, I was so What I, happened Friday? Uh, I saw the highlights of Friday night's game. What there what was I'm, a play at first. I, I don't remember. It was a ground ball to someone, and it might have been Joe Panic, uh, my man that's playing second base now from the Giants. I can't remember who the ground ball was to. Throws. Just a basic throw to Alonzo playing first. The ball goes through his glove. His glove exploded. I didn't miss the, the that ball. One. Went, I the ball went. I mean, you have to make sure. Pete, did you see that, Mike? Did you see it? You guys, the Mets fans, you watching these games or not? I was at a wedding. That's no excuse. Good for you, you have a, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Taco. Yeah, he was living tacos. Yeah, so Mike was. I'm the only Mets fan job. watching the game. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, but here's the thing: the you got to check your glove, Pete. Not the body. Pete Alonzo, look at your glove. Make sure the laces before every inning is tight. tight. Yeah, bro, it's simple. And, and then he had to go in his backup. The ball went through the webbing of his oh, glove, right through the glove. That's awesome. I, I couldn't check that believe out. it. It was hysterical. I missed that one. I got to check yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah. but anyway. So so did the lacing come through? Yeah. Or did, oh, the, 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 lace, the, like the web popped out the oh, lacing on top. Oh. Yeah, you can find it on, on, uh, online, I'm sure. Yeah, but whatever. I yes, don't know. The, but you'll take the 40 home runs. I'll take the 40 home runs. And the clutch hitting. He's been hitting well, for sure. Rosario's hitting. He's the face well. of the team. He is the face of the team. 
Um, you know, look, man. They, the they, polar bear. They, they're all clicking welcome photos, you know, hitting dingers here and there. He's, he's hitting well. They're all doing good right now. They are. They're a good young team. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, best announced group. And, 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 you know, oh, they're had, great, yeah. We Keith, had, Ron, and Gary. Yeah, and Gary. Keith and Ann's is just great. I can listen to that guy all day, man. Yeah, he is I mean, we had him on the show here. And tells it like it is, too. He really does, bro. When he's he, bored, he'll tell you he's bored. You know, I'll tell you a quick story he, that he told, uh, Keith and Ennis. They were talking about Bo Jackson because they were talking about the Royals. Unbelievable. Yeah, how, how monstrous of an athlete he was. But, you know, when he when he wasn't playing in the NFL, he was playing for the, the Kansas City Royals. And he said there was a play at first. Keith and Ennis was covering for, obviously, he was the first baseman. And he said the only time in his whole career, you know, he had such a long career for the Cardinals, for the Mets. He said, I could actually hear, as the ball's coming to first base, I hear, he goes, the feet and the power through the field of Bo Jackson heading towards me. Oh. He goes, and he goes, it was the first and only time I was ever afraid on the baseball field. Mm. How's that story? That's a great story. He said, I, he goes, if he would have just, if Bo Jackson would have just brushed my shoulder, he goes, I would have went flying. He yeah. goes, the speed and power in that guy, he goes, I felt it right behind me running. That's you don't think awesome. of that because you're talking to run yeah, through the base. You know? Just a, imagine that. That like, is a great boom. story. Yeah. You could feel you yeah, could feel. It, the way he told the story was tremendous. That's you know, awesome. It was really cool. He did that yesterday. Actually. Oh, I, I missed that. That's yeah. good. I love Keith's stories. Oh, he's great, And man. he's right. I mean, Jackson was some athlete. He was one of the great athletes this country's ever produced. No doubt. Bo Jackson, no doubt. The man. He sure. really is. Bo uh, knows, Moose. Bo knows. Bo knows, right. Bo, Bo, knows. Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley. Remember that? Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, yep. We'll come back. We got the undercard coming your way next. It's Taz and Moose on this Monday morning. CBS Sports well, Radio. Bo knows Manscaped, Moose. I'll tell you that right now because support for Taz and Moose comes from Manscaped. Number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Hey, my friend Big Hog, okay, he talks all the time. I was so happy about Manscaped. Mike, the rookie, too. These guys love it. Uh, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. And their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so the trimmer won't nick or snag. Oh, God. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face you're using using down there. That's just disgusting and just nasty. Uh, Manscaped also has the crop preserver. That's a nice one. And the anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Well, hell. Why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TAZ, T-A-Z, at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code T-A-Z at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code T-A-Z. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. And CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Um, yeah. It's the uh, Andrew Bogus is here. He's going to do his update in a second. Yeah, did you go like to, to a beachy place? You have yes. no tan. Well, first Moose of all, you got a beautiful golden tan. You got nothing does. going on. I mean, I could roll my sleeve a little bit and show you the difference, like in my upper arm to my lower arm. Wow, your arm is the size of like a oodle of noodle. Yeah, thank you. Wow. You're down uh, to Jersey Shore, right? Yes, but I'm a big. Uh, 
Big what? Skin cancer's real. Oh, so okay. we, you know, we cover up. We use uh, we use a we got a cabana, you know, like a canopy thing over us. Guess we'll go serious now. We're just yeah. talking about the beach, but we'll talk no, about. I mean, I, I'm darker I just than go, I was. I but just I don't go have a baby tan. oil, yeah. right? Moose just goes baby oil straight up. straight up. Moose, I'll give you a little trick. Put the baby oil in it with a little visine in the baby oil. <laughs> it brings the pig, <laughs> yeah. yeah, put the pigment up to your skin. Get nice. you do Thank before you. you get in the ring. You nice. uh, oil up with some baby oil and visine. <laughs> but I digress. Okay. So you're in a canopy. Uh, you're in a, like a gazebo while you're on the beach. Well, like, you know, a little uh, Coleman like uh, camping tent thing. Oh, nice. Nice. Get on the beach, nice. pop it open. Kids have some shade. You I've and got the family just laying on the sand under a tent. Nice, good. Sounds like yeah. When we go in the water and we play, you know, play and stuff, then we're outside. But otherwise, we're sitting underneath the thing trying to stay out of the sun as much as possible. So if the kids try to go outside of the tent, you yell at them, get I, well, back I have in them, here! I have them tethered to something. They can only go so far. <laughs> no, then you have them coated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, long sleeve, you know, swim shirts on. Sounds like a blast. Hats. Yeah. They wear mask. I got you. Everyone. <laughs> stay in the house. It's, it's only... It's a, hey, first of all... <laughs> You go to Montauk in February. Oh, I went so there I this want, summer. I don't want to hear anything about beach vacations. Ooh, Montauk in February is beautiful. It's got to be nice. Sure, I live on the beach. Yeah, nice and quiet. quiet. Yeah. Get away from everything. Some of us don't have nice, you know, Mediterranean complexion. Like the moose. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Mark Malusi. No, I don't have a Mediterranean complexion. <laughs> Some I, of us I aren't wear, built I wear for rash, outdoor living. I wear a rash guard. I wear a rash Dude, guard. I saw you there. at 5 a.m. and I'm like in the dark outside the street. I'm like, man, look at this guy's tan. Right in front of Starbucks. I'm like, geez, Moose, you look great. I was talking to one of my friends. You saw him there, right? My friend. Yeah, who was that? Uh, sketchy guy I meet sometimes down in the street. Anthony. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> it's a guy I know. He just he walks around a little bit and I talk to him. So he, he works on ah! normal. <laughs> no, right. stop, stop. I'm not Tell kidding. He's around know. the corner. He saw me at the white t shirt with the gold chain. You saw him, right? He walks around. I, I talked to him. You saw me at a white t shirt on, right? Yes. He had the gold <laughs> chain on. He, he drives a Mercedes, a nice fancy Mercedes. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. He's a guy I know. Stop. Dude, I'm not kidding. What that's you, a, that's I, a lie. Most, I, you saw, did I just there's, there's nobody that's stopping you in the middle of the street that you're just starting up a conversation with. No, no. I know him, though. We have a past. Oh, you know him. And then he does some work across the street over here, over at the building, over in this. Uh, he works across the way? What's this little studio across from us? What's that called? No, like uh, Zach's room? No, no, no. On the other eight eighty, eight eighty, that one. Yeah, he works there. Sometimes. Oh, he works there. In that little building there, that little spot. Yeah, he does some stuff, oh. some voiceover work there. Oh, nice. Very okay. talented guy. Very funny guy. Oh, so nice. him and I just talk around. We and we just talk a little bit and have fun. We laugh at nice. everybody. Nice. Yeah. That's what we do at five a.m. Just cracking jokes on people. It's kind of a thing. Uh, Bring him in. I'll get him on the show. There as a guest. We'll we, talk to him. Absolutely. Right. We should do that. He's a good guy, Anthony. Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. He's a good guy. I'm telling you, he's a good I, it's guy. Looked like, I know. <laughs> he's a little a little sketch, sketch Jones. I mean, he's got a little sketch to him. He is a little sketchy. He's from Brooklyn. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he's a little bit, uh, nice. yeah, he's a talented guy. So well, I'm trying to help nice, him out. Trying to help him out with he had a nice Italian glow to him. He, yeah, he does. Well, I'm trying to help him out with something. Right, so something we got lined up. So uh, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm working on something with him. I'm right? sure. Right. Yeah, it's a different car every day. Yeah, project we're yes. working on. <laughs> All right, here we go. Bogus, what's going on? Oh, I'm still here. Uh, it's not even Labor Day, and the Raiders have already dealt with frostbitten feet and helmet unhappiness from Antonio Brown. He was supposed to practice yesterday but didn't show up. Still unhappy, can't wear the helmet he wants. Agent Drew Rosenhaus said no big deal last night on WSVN-TV in South Florida. To say that AB is upset about the decision to not let him wear his helmet is accurate, but we're still processing it. And figuring it out. I wouldn't make too much about him not being there today. 
as much as we're still trying to come up with a solution that works for everyone. Raiders GM Mike Mayock a little more bothered by the situation, saying yesterday it's time for Brown to be all in or all out. Preseason action yesterday, the Seahawks lost in Minnesota 25-19, and backup QB Paxton Lynch in concussion protocol after a vicious helmet-to-helmet hit from Vikings corner Holton Hill he was ejected. Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees kept safely on the sidelines as the Saints topped the Chargers in L.A. 19-17. Meanwhile, the football world is mourning the loss of Cedric Benson, the 36-year-old died in a motorcycle accident in Austin, Texas, overnight Saturday. Benson's NFL career didn't meet expectations, but he was one of the best college runners of all time. The Cubs Brutal. 7, the Pirates just, yeah, I mean, 36 is way too young. Uh, and a lot of people obviously weighing in yesterday on what they knew best about Cedric. Uh, baseball last night, the Cubs 7, the Pirates 1 at the annual Little League Classic. Last night in Williamsport, Chicago stays in a virtual tie with St. Louis to top the NL Central. The Brewers, the Phillies, the Mets, all two games behind the loser of that tie for the second wildcard spot. Those Mets won in KC yesterday 11-5 with Pete Alonzo hitting a historic homer. 0-2 pitch. Hammers this ball to left, and that's going to be number 40. Way back and long gone. Pete Alonso becomes just the fourth Met ever yeah. to have a 40-home run season. Yes, yes, He's yes. the first National League rookie to ever do it. Wayne Randazzo on Mets Radio. Alonzo humble after making history. This is for Bruce Arians. This is for Steve Joachim. This is for the Kleko family. Alonzo breaking the NL mark that Cody Bellinger just oh, said. Aaron Judge <laughs> has the major league record for rookies at 52. Oh. And Justin Thomas won the BMW championship yesterday. He'll start this week's tour championship at 10 under. Two shots clear of the other 29 golfers. Whomever gets to Sunday with the best score to par wins the FedEx Cup, and it's $15 million check. Guys? There you go. Very nice. Tiger did not make the cut. Uh, finished 37th. All right, let's get to it. The undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. I'm not a fan. I'm going to be on the record here with this. I'm not a fan when we do the undercard early like this. I just want to be honest with everybody. Okay. I have to get that off my chest. All right, that's it. Next question. Thank you. All right. Got it, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I just had to say it. I'll just let you know. Uh, but, all you right, know, we have, a, we have a guest coming up, guess. so I understand. Uh, all right. Now, uh, who are we got? What are your thoughts on the undercard yet? No. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, what are your thoughts uh, on anyway, basketball, Josh? Uh, what's on my podcast? Uh, should the Lakers take a chance on Dwight Howard? Uh, only played nine games last year for the Wizards. Uh, he's now a member of the Grizzlies. They uh, paired him off with 16 and 12 two years ago for Charlotte. Um, not the worst day in the world. It'd be strange, though, seeing him in a Laker uniform once again after what be. was considered to be a failed season back in 2012. I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world if they did. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they took a chance on him, and yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I think it's my opinion. Just well, better than better than the other options that are out there when you look right. at Joakim Noah. And right, the absolutely. So... Absolutely. Not many great options out there for the no. Los Angeles Lakers. And they're doing this after DeMarcus Cousins a week ago uh, tore his ACL. Guy can't catch a break, man. No. He can't catch a break. He cannot. No, I no. mean, Achilles, then he tears his squad. quad. quad, quad yep. And now dealing with the torn ACL. I mean, just brutal if you're DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. It's just my, and it might be over I, for him. I know. I hope it's not for him. I don't want to say it, but what are you going to do, he's man? He's a big man, and he's had three... 
three tough lower leg injuries. Absolutely. Or leg injuries, I should say. You are correct. And, you know, it's a lot of weight. His body, you know, his, his legs are carrying around, obviously, and he's got a lot of muscle on him. He's a big, thick guy, and, and the sport that he plays, his profession, he's got to be explosive and, and move quick and just laterally and whatnot. Just it's not, not a good mix. He might be done, man. Um, so hopefully not for him. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. And for the Lakers, now they've got to find another viable option. It might be Dwight Howard. All right, next. <laughs> There's been a lot of cases in Major League Baseball this season where position players are being brought into games late because managers don't want to use pitchers' arms and they're saving them for future dates. Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager, says the mercy rule in MLB is worth exploring. Oh, Your thoughts on that? I think it's stupid. No, I would not bring them up. Horrible. Horrible. That Boone would even say that. Horrible. Well, I mean, when you're uh, you're having these games, I guess, that drag on, some of them that are non-competitive, when you're looking at 14 or 13 run deficits, um, I, I, isn't that the reason why he's bringing it up? I mean, the, the reason why he's bringing it up is, you know, he doesn't, when the game's over, if the game's over by the sixth or seventh inning, and you, say you throw a position player in and he's pitching the eighth and ninth inning, yeah. I mean... No, I mean the game's over. No, I know, but it's been going on for years. No, true. You know, You're right. I, I, listen, I don't. I, I would not do it. I mean, I would not do it. Right, I, right. I, I don't. I'm not saying because you know when does it have to be? If you're up 13 runs by right. the seventh inning, what, what's so, the line of demarcation here? It's a. It, I mean, baseball gets enough rippage in the media and from fans, and that it's losing interest from a lot of the, the youth of America, despite that they'll drown you with the little league baseball, the World Series, and all that. Like the like baseball uh, registrations up in the United States. I don't know if that's true. I think that's a little bit of a false thing. But side note, I just don't think you should do anything mercy rule whatsoever and just leave it alone. Just let the game be as it is. Um, you know, but I, I understand why he's saying that. I mean, as a Met fan, you know, it's not a pitcher spot, but they put Rosario, I think, in left field. Did a good job actually the other day. Yeah, they put him in left field. Yeah, it was pretty good. And, well, and they were going nuts because he was able to shag a, 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 a fly ball, a pop-up. Okay, so he's a big league baseball player. Yeah, but some it's guys... It's a pop-up! Yeah, <laughs> some guys see, we've <laughs> seen dude. Daniel Murphy couldn't transition. No, well, that's true. That's a good point. There are other guys that him. can't transition. I but he's a better him. athlete than... I agree. He's a better athlete yeah. uh, than, than what Murphy was right. uh, as a player. And certainly a much better defensive player. Uh, and has improved here in the second half defensively at shortstop. Um, shortstop's your best defensive player on a team. Most teams, the shortstop's the best. Yes. So you're taking a guy who's a shortstop, who knows how to how quick he can be off, when the ball's off the bat. That's what outfielders do, right? They 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 can track a ball quick. They see the launch where the ball's leaving the bat, so they get a jump on the ball potentially, or as the ping the ball gets you know pinged off the bat. And I guess that's why you're worried sometimes if you put in a position, a middle infielder or a third base or whatever, of out in the outfield that's not used to it. But he he did a, he did a good job for the little bit he was out there. Make sure to think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. Ben Kershaw is going to join us next. We're going to talk a little college football with him. Uh, covers it for CBS Sports. It's Taz and the Moose on a busy Monday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. 
That's right. Let's talk a little college football right now, shall we? Let's welcome board Ben Kershaval, uh, college football analyst and reporter for CBS Sports, joins us now. Good Monday morning to you, Ben. Taz and the Moose with you. Appreciate the time, bud. Ben, what's up? Not much, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, Ben, it, it's you know, it's amazing how quickly this summer's rolled on by, and college football season is is right upon us. I, I, I guess opening question here, besides talking about you know Alabama and Clemson and the haves and the haves, what you know, what's the thing? You know, a couple storylines that intrigue you the most going into this football college football season. Um. Oh God. <laughs> Is there a spot, uh, a team, um, you know, a conference? Like maybe that, uh, Ryan Day, Ohio State, something like that? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at yeah, Michigan I mean, and I, 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 I would say, you know, I, I would say of the – if there's like one specific team, because, I mean, storylines can be such a broad topic, but I, I, I think one thing that's interesting is, is Ohio State because, yeah, you are talking about Ryan Day taking over for Urban Meyer first year and all that stuff, but I, I think you could even – go beyond that and say, all right, is, is Justin Fields really going to be everything that, that he's been cracked up to be? Because, you know, I remember when he committed to Georgia and even go before that and he was committed to Penn State. I was talking to Barton Simmons, who's our director of scouting in 24-7 sports, and I, I said, if you could sum up Justin Fields' game in, you know, a one sentence, you know, what's the one thing we need to know about this guy? What's it going to be? And, and Barton is a – you know, he, he knows his stuff, and he's he's a critical guy. Like, I feel like sometimes in recruiting, there's a lot of puffery going on, and, you know, guys will talk up players, and, and it, you know, a lot of times it never really comes to fruition. But, you know, Barton's really not like that. And he said, Justin Fields is the type of player that when he goes there, you can win a national championship with him. And you really can't say that about a ton of quarterbacks coming out of high school. You could probably say it about Trevor, right? You could probably say it about Tua. Maybe you could have said it about Jameis Winston at at Florida State. But it's very rare for a a guy to come in and you feel like you can do that right away with him. Well, it didn't work out for him at Georgia, right? And I I don't – and look, uh, it just – they weren't putting him in the right situations on the field. The guy ahead of him was was clearly better. So I – you know, it didn't work out, but he goes to Ohio State and he goes to a situation where you look what, what Ryan Day did last year um, and, and I with that offense and, you know, you put him in there in a situation where, you know, he's not maybe going to be looking over his shoulder. He, you know, he feels like, okay, this is going to be his situation to finally shine. I want to see if that talent finally comes through because obviously Ohio State's good enough everywhere else around right. him to get to the playoffs to, to potentially win a national championship. Can he really be that piece, you know, like Dwayne Haskins was last year, even maybe even a little bit better. I, I think that instant year one connection is going to be really interesting to watch. Okay, well well said, Ben. Appreciate it. Hey, dude, let me ask you now, if you go across to the Archrival, the Wolverines of Michigan, mm-hmm. right? So you talk Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I believe he's in his fifth season right now coaching, coaching Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, Ben, do you think that Harbaugh is the coach after this season, meaning the following season? Yeah, I think he is. I, I don't know that he's on any type of hot seat. He's, he's done well. I, I don't know that he's done as well as everybody thought that he would do. I mean, he hasn't even won – a Big Ten East title, yet. right? I mean, you'd say that in going into year five, you go, really? Like Harbaugh hasn't won a, you know, it has still hasn't beaten Ohio State. Like those are the types of things you go, man. You really thought he would have had those things, uh, you know, checked off at this point. But he's won like I think they still won not in ten games last year. His four has been uh, eight wins a couple seasons ago. 
I, I will say this. I thought last year was really their window to beat Ohio State. They were playing really well for the first two months of the year, and then they just kind of stumbled towards the end of the season. Um, I kind of get a similar feeling with, with this season. and I think they even get the Buckeyes in Ann Arbor this year. It's like, okay, if you're, if you're not going to do it, I, I don't know when you're going to do it because you're just not going to get many opportunities where you even catch Ohio State just a little bit in transition or vulnerable or something like that. So I, he won't be on a hot seat if he you know, doesn't win the division, doesn't you know, beat Ohio State. But I think you're going to start to see a little bit of mounting restlessness. It, it would really have to take him having a disaster, you know, unmitigated disaster type of season for, for that to happen. But, uh, no, he's, he's still doing very well. It's just not <clears> – <throat> everything that they had been hoping for. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, how motivated do you think the, uh, the that Alabama program is by the perceived, um, and not just perceived, but the turning uh, of the mm-hmm. tide where it's been kind of Clemson, 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 mm-hmm. following last year's national championship game? Well, I, that was Nick Saban's motto this offseason. He says, you know, don't waste a loss, right? And you, how often do you hear him say that? It's, you know, don't waste an opportunity to, to get your butt kicked because a lot of times you learn more about yourself when everything goes terribly than you do when, when you win. And, and that to me is going to be their motivating factor moving forward. Everyone can tell you how great you are. You know, you can win a bunch of games. You can, you know, blow a bunch of teams out of the water, but you know, when it mattered the most, they, they didn't show up and people can have all the excuses they want. Oh, you know, they were distracted. You know, their coaches were looking at other jobs. Players are getting ready for the NFL draft. You know, man, Clemson had those same distractions, dude. Like, everyone has the same things going into the national title game. And Clemson handled it better. They were the better team. And it's not very often that you can say that Alabama was legitimately outclassed. I don't, know, I don't even remember the last time Alabama got its butt handed to him like that. So I, that's really going to be the overriding theme for them this year. I do think they'll respond. I know, I know Saban has put a lot of pressure on Tua. Uh, the way that he's talked about him in the offseason, coming back from sort of being injured at the end of the year. So I think they're going to be a motivated team. And if there's one thing I've learned about Alabama and Saban in particular after watching them over the course of all these years, the last thing you want is them really pissed off. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> the thing is everyone's going, oh, Alabama's so good. Yeah, just wait. They're like the Hulk. Just wait till you get them angry. So I, I, they're going to be, uh, I think they're going to be pretty hardened this year. Uh, you know, speaking on, uh, on, on tremendously talented squads, I mean, LSU, right? I mean, LSU, Georgia, a couple of, you know, these are two programs that, that could end up in the top three for sure. They could. I, I have some questions about both of them. And for, for Georgia, which has, has clearly been the better competitor to Alabama over the past couple of years, they've led for, what, is it all of two minutes yeah. against the Tide over the past two games, just haven't been able to quite come away with the win. I want to see if they can replace their wide receiver uh, core because they, they've actually had some very good wideouts over the past couple of years. Nicole Hardman was just an absolute blazer for them last year, and uh, and they got to replace a lot of guys. Uh, Isaac Nata at tight end, uh, I think their top three pass catchers from a year ago, and then uh, JJ Holloman um, got booted from the team over the summer. So they have a lot of turnover at that spot. And Jake Fromm, to me, is a super underrated quarterback because I think people look at him and that offense and they go. Instantly, well, you know, he's a game manager. He just kind of, you know, hands it off, and then he play actions off of that. I think he's so much more than that. His downfield throws are really accurate. He has a great command of the offense. I think he's a tremendous pro-ready prospect, um, even though he doesn't put up the most insane numbers. 
And I think if he can really connect with a new wide receiver group this year, then they do have a chance. Because the way to beat Alabama anymore, you got to score 40, right? I mean, you can't do the 9-6 to six thing that you could, you know, five years ago against them. You have to be able to go all the way north and south with them. Um, and that's where, if you move over to LSU, that's where I have a few more questions. For about 30 years, LSU said they, they're going to move five wide here. And, at, 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 you know, with the offense, spread it out, go up-tempo, do all that. That's just one of those things where I'm not saying they're not implementing. I'm saying I'll, see it, I'll believe it when I see it. And, and when they can actually go up-tempo, score a bunch of points, and go back and forth with Alabama – that, that's when I'll believe that they can actually do it. Because right now, when they lost 21 nothing, I think, last year uh, to them, that's just not the style of football they play. And that's not how you, you tackle Alabama anymore. You can't do it in a low-scoring match. So I have more questions about LSU being a legitimate contender to Alabama until I can actually see them turn that corner. Is Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma going to work? I think it can work. A guy that I would still watch out for is Spencer Rattler. That's their five-star freshman who's, who's coming in. I think Jalen is a very good player, and he's obviously very well-respected by his teammates. I, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about Jalen Hurts. And him with, with Lincoln Riley is going to be very interesting because I think Lincoln does a very good job of taking the guy in front of him and, and using his talent to the best of his ability, putting everyone in the right situation to make big plays and score points. I just kind of get the feeling that Jalen today in 2019 is the same player he was in 2016, more, more or less. I'm not saying he doesn't have capability to, to grow some, but like when you look at what he did with Baker Mayfield, completely just took the top off of his ceiling. Kyler Murray did the same thing. Kyler Murray was not a great college player at Texas A&M. He goes to Oklahoma. It's, it's a complete change. I don't know that you're going to get that same type of, of change with Jalen. Well, I'm actually, why, why Ben? 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 Why though? Why, because he's been been through the ringer a little bit. He had leaving transferring so late. Like, what, what's the reason why are you saying I, that? Because some guys are just that's just their development arc. Like Matt Barkley was a really great but player. He's 20, he's 20, but he's Ben. He's 21 years old. He's a young kid. Yeah, I, I, no, I know. I'm just saying. Like, I'm I don't just, know why. I don't. No, I, yeah, I'm no, just wondering I, I know, why. I know, you know. He, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, what I'm what I'm arguing is that. You know, I mean, like he showed some growth in the SEC championship game last year when he came off the bench. Like, I'm not saying he can't throw right. the ball. All right. he can do is run. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying some guys, they're just that's just sort of who they are when they they don't really get a lot better. Like JT Barrett was a really great player as a redshirt freshman. By the time he left Ohio State, he was just. It's not that he was bad. I don't want to get all, give off the impression I think Jalen Hurts is bad. No, no, I know you're I not just saying think that. He's I know. The same yeah, player. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, I I feel like he's such a young guy. There's still time. If he's in a new system now with new coaching, you know, he's so young he could develop. He's 21. You know, I know he's been, you know, a big time D1 player. And what he did at Alabama and the stuff that he got benched for two. I know, and so his name's been out there for guys like us that cover it and guys like you to do. You know, so for so long, but he's still only 21. Well, he is, but I mean, you have to. I mean, guys go into the league at 20, 21, 22. And sometimes by 25, 26, it's like, okay, well, that's just that's the player they're going to be. And I just, I just, I'm not saying he doesn't have a little room to grow. I'm just saying I think more or less he's just, he's, that's who he is as a player. And it's not that it's wrong or it's ineffective. It's just that's who he is. Now, 
if there's anyone who can change that, I think it's Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I just I have some I have some reservations, and and they'll still win like eleven games this year. I just I just don't think he's the same type of player as as Kyler or Baker. He's going to go out and serve for four thousand yards. I just just don't think that's his game. Is Georgia the biggest threat to the the top two? Uh, I, no, no. I think if Justin Fields works out at Ohio State, I think it's them. You think it's the Buckeyes? Mm-hmm. All right. What's the best team out west? Best team out west, probably Oregon. I, I thought Washington for a second, but you know. Justin Herbert really is the real deal. And, you know, they have a very good offensive line. Like, all five of them come back. And uh, and when you have a good offensive line, it, to me, other than quarterbacks, that's one of the biggest questions. that I, And I think it gets overlooked so often, like every single year. Like, people will look at teams like, I think they're going to be really good, and they have offensive line questions, and they go out and they win like seven or maybe eight games. But Oregon has a great offensive line, and that gives them a huge leg up against a lot of teams when you can protect Herbert and then pave running lanes, I, they're going to be a really tough team to stop. I mean, they're, to me, they're a fringe playoff team. Ben Kershaval, uh covers college football analyst, reporter, CBS Sports. Hey, Ben, we appreciate the time this morning, bud. Have a good Monday, all right? Thanks, Ben. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. You got it. Uh, you know, and uh, interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Hertz out at Oklahoma. I um, am a lot yeah. now. No, 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 I am too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am too. Yeah. No, nah, he's a good guy. He's yeah. a, and, he, you know, he, he dealt, with a, tough, a, lot. Yeah. He dealt with a yeah. tough situation That's down it. in Alabama and, and did it with a lot of class and right. it was there for his teammates and – um, you know, and, and now lands in a spot where, you know, I hope he has that kind of a year at Oklahoma. I really do. I just don't like, I don't feel anyone should put a ceiling on the no, kid. He's 21 yeah. years old. No, and, and now he goes to a system where we know Lincoln Riley is a star maker. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, our thanks to Mike and Pete across the way. Great job. Bogus back in the house. Taz, great being back with you, buddy. Same here, man. Great job, Moose. Yeah, you fun didn't show miss a beat, bud. You, yeah. you didn't, you're not rusty. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.